Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. Around this time last year, we had to replay a couple of shows due to a catastrophic computer failure, and I just realized that I had birthday segments prepared which were never aired. So you'll be hearing about J. Bodewalt Lampy and Jeffrey T. Brennan tonight, along with birthday segments for Charlie Davis and Red Ingle. And in the final segment of the show, we'll take a musical trip to Dixie. Last week, November 7th, marked the birth in 1906 in Toledo, Ohio, of musician, singer, songwriter, arranger, and cartoonist Ernest Jansen Ingle, better known as Red Ingle, having inherited his mother's bright red hair. He was taught violin from age five by Fritz Chrysler. Yes, that Fritz Chrysler, who was a family friend. And Fritz will be getting a birthday segment in February. At 13, Red took up the saxophone, which became his main instrument, and at 15, he was playing professionally with Al Alamato's Green Mill Orchestra in Toledo. He graduated from Scott High School in Toledo, intending to become a teacher, but he won a scholarship to the Toledo American College of Music. In June of 1926, he married Edwina Alice Smith and decided to quit school to pursue a full-time career in music. After leading the territory band, the Kentucky Colonels, in late February 1927, he signed on with Gene Goldkett's Detroit-based Greystone Ballroom Orchestra. When the Greystone Orchestra disbanded, Red joined Ted Weems' orchestra in 1931, where he worked into the 1940s. Red wanted to join the Air Force, but failing an eye test, he returned to music, joining Spike Jones in his City Slickers, where he remained until late 1946, when he left due to a salary dispute. In 1947, Red formed Red Ingle in his Natural Seven and made a parody of Perry Como's hit Temptation, which he titled Tim-tation. It sold three million copies. The Natural Seven made their last appearance on Perry Como's Kraft Music Hall program on October 18, 1961. Red Engel died on September 6, 1965 in Santa Barbara, California, and is buried in Ovid, Michigan. Here are three from Red Engel with Ted Weems.
myself high on the shelf. I'm all alone in blue. Always got me waiting. It's so aggravating sitting up waiting for you. I'm growing thin. I feel all in. Old rocking chair is due. And it's all from waiting, so humiliating, sitting up waiting for you. If I keep up these hours, I'll soon waste away. And I'll be getting flowers every decoration day. Mm, it ain't right, night after night, to do me like you do. Always got me waiting, it's so aggravating, sitting up waiting for you. Beauty. They call him Jelly Bean. Pins his hat in the middle and crushes it down. Rolls Jelly Bean till his honey is found. All the girls don't deny it. They think he's a riot. Oh, you know what I mean. Why he can't drink Bevo beer or wine. Craves his ice cream soda all the time. He's a drugstore cutie, sidewalk beauty. They call him Jelly Bean. He's curbstone cutie, pappy's pride and beauty. They call him Jelly Bean. Pins his hat in the middle, crushes it down, and rolls Jelly Bean till his honey is found. Oh, the girls don't deny it, think he's a riot. Oh, you know what I mean. At hard work, he makes no attempt. In the army, they said he's exempt. He's a drugstore cutie, sidewalking beauty. They call him Jelly Bean. You said it. They call him Jelly Bean. <laughs>
I met that man from the south. Yes, I met that man from the south. He had a big cigar in his mouth, so I knew that he came from the south. Oh, I met that man from the south. Yes, I met that man from the south. He had a big cigar in his mouth, so I knew that he came from the south. that man from the south. I whooped that crass of Anna for the crowd. He spit a Della Borson gaffer, bingle mouth, glee, bad food all that weemsy from the south. Oh, I met that man from the south. A twenty-one dollar bit and a huddle bit and a two-two, a huddle bit and a three-three, huddle bit and a four-four, and a huddle bit and a five-five, and a five-little bit and a single bit and a seven bit and eight-eight, and nine-little bit and a three-little bit and a one-one, a two-little bit and a three-little bit and a four-four, and a five-little bit and a single bit and a seven bit and a nine-nine. You've heard the man from the South with a big cigar in his mouth on the show, sung by Rube Bloom, who wrote it with Harry Woods. Ted Weems recorded it in 1930 for Victor with Art Jarrett, but we just heard Weems' January 28, 1941 recording on Decca 3782 with the vocal by Red Engel. Before that, Jelly Bean, written by Jimmy Dupre, Sam Rosen, and Joe Virgis. It was first recorded in 1935 by Pinky Tomlin, but we heard it by Weems and Engel on Decca 810B from May 15, 1936. We started a tribute to Red Engel with Sitting Up, Waiting for You, written by Fats Waller and Andy Rizaf. I don't think Fats recorded it, but Weems and Engel did, December 5, 1933, on Bluebird 5290. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. Last week, November 8th, marked the birth in 1869 in Reba, the oldest city in Denmark, of Jens Boldwalt Lampe to Christian Lampe and Sophia Dorothea Nielsen. In 1873, the family moved to St. Paul, Minnesota, where Christian took over leadership of the Great Western Band. Jens was a violin prodigy and at just 16 years of age became the first chair violinist for the Minneapolis Symphony Orchestra. In 1888 he married Josephine Dell and in the early 1890s they moved to Buffalo, New York, where he led a dance orchestra and published his own music. His most successful piece was Creole Bells, published in 1900 and recorded in 1902 by Sousa's band. It's been recorded many times since by everyone from Vessel Osman to Robert Crumb. 
At the opening of the show, you heard one of the most famous pieces of music ever written. It's called Mysterioso Pizzicato, also known as the villain's theme, for its use in silent movies and cartoons whenever stealth or villainy are portrayed on the screen. It appears in the Remick Folio of Moving Picture Music, Volume 1, compiled and edited by Lampy in 1914. But it's not directly credited to him and was possibly written by John Stefan Zamischnik, another composer of photoplay music. J. Bodewalt Lampy died May 29, 1929 in Queens and is buried at Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. Besides Creole Bells, tunes in the Lampy catalog include Daughters of America, Dixie Girl, Happy Heine, and these... Thank you. 
Arthur Pryor's band, September 20th, 1910, with the Universal Peace March from Victor 5816. Before that, the New York Military Band with Camouflage from Edison Diamond Disc 50479, issued in December of 1918. And we started our tribute to J. Bodewalt Lampy with the Buffalo News March, only his second composition written in 1895 for the local newspaper, the Buffalo News. It wasn't recorded until May 5, 1913, performed by xylophonist William H. Reitz, issued on Victor 17357. Last week, November 10th, marked the birth in 1899 in Indianapolis, Indiana, of Charles Fremont Davis, to Abijah Ali Davis and Elizabeth Agnes Crowley. He graduated from Shortridge High School in 1915, and went on to Notre Dame, paying for his education by playing piano. After graduating, he returned to Indianapolis and worked in real estate, but then met dental student Fritz Morris, who was also a jazz fiddler. In 1922, they formed an orchestra called the Joy Gang and landed a -a three-night-a-week gig in the tea room of the Spink Arms Hotel. The next summer, they appeared at the Casino Gardens and venues throughout the state. While playing the gardens, Charlie met Helen Miriam Brown, and they were married May 19, 1924. In 1929, the band signed with Paramount Publix, alternating appearances between New York and Indianapolis. Davis's final appearance in Indianapolis was at the Lyric Theater in April of 1935. Shortly afterward, he retired from show business and bought a furniture store in Oswego, New York. Both Charlie and his wife Miriam died on the same day, December 12, 1991, in Oswego, and are buried at St. Paul Cemetery. In addition to leading his band, Charlie and the band made two films, including the musical short The Jazz Reporters. Davis's best-known composition is Copenhagen, written in 1924, and first recorded that year by the Wolverine Orchestra, featuring Bix Beiderbeck. I've played it a number of times on the show, so here are three other tunes by Charlie Davis. Thank you. 
Charlie Davis and his orchestra with The Drag, written by Albert Bryan and George W. Meyer. Vocalion 15701 was recorded in Indianapolis on June 21, 1928. 
Before that, the flip side of the drag, Suppose Nobody Cared. You may have recognized the vocalist as Dick Powell. And we started a tribute to Charlie Davis with his composition, Jimtown Blues. That was the Yankee Six, recording in Buffalo, New York, in March of 1925, issued on OK40348. The Yankee Six were actually the Buffalodians, the top band in Buffalo in the 1920s, founded by Jack McLaughlin. They played summer seasons at Crystal Beach on the Ontario-Canada side of Lake Erie. Around 1874, pioneer farmer George Shattuck decided to transform his 23-acre farm into a public picnic grove and bathing beach. He was soon able to add a beer garden, gaming devices, and a dance hall. Thirty-two years later, the property was purchased by George Blanchett, and on May 30, 1907, Crystal Beach Park opened for business. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Last week, November 9th, marked the birth in 1869 in Sycamore, Illinois, of Jeffrey T. Brannan to William Brannan and Sarah Grogan, both born in Ireland. In 1894, Jeffrey was a stage actor in Freeport, Illinois, receiving positive newspaper reviews for his portrayal of poet and elocutionist Billy Bradley. He graduated from Chicago Law School on May 25, 1899, was admitted to the Illinois Bar, and set up a law practice, but even before graduating, he took to writing popular songs. One of his first efforts was Get Out and Show Yosef, advertised in the February 7, 1899 edition of the Freeport, Illinois Daily Bulletin newspaper. The following year, Sweethearts and Roses was published by the Albright Music Company of Chicago. Its success resulted in a collaboration with H.W. Petrie, and four of their joint efforts were published by Joseph Stern and Mills Music. In 1901, Brennan accepted the position of business manager with Saul Bloom, but when Bloom relocated to New York, Brennan stayed in Chicago and in 1902 founded the Newton Publishing Company. By 1910, Brennan had married Edith Maud Blinn and was living in Manhattan. In the early 1920s, the couple moved west to Los Angeles. Brennan was asked by the Helena Montana Elks Lodge to direct a minstrel show, but while there, suffered a stroke and died at St. John's Hospital on January 20, 1927. He's buried in the Brennan family plot in Mount Carmel Cemetery in Sycamore, Illinois. Hits from the Brennan catalog include You Got to Be an Actor If You Want to Stand In, You May Be the World to a World of Friends, But You're More Than the World to Me, I'm Looking for a Nice Young Fellow Who is Looking for a Nice Young Girl, and these... We'll be 
time has come to say goodbye to you. I'm going to turn my thoughts from you to Lou. Cause something tells me she's alone tonight. Oh, I'm not treating her just right. To Lou, I gave my heart to my lady Lou to leave home. Just a little love, a little bit of love to Lou. I owe a love to just received a letter telling me to hurry, don't worry to Lou. I'm going back to my lady Lou who's feeling blue. My train is leaving, please don't cry, I've got to say goodbye and go back from you to Lou. a precious lot of things to you, but none so sweet as what I said to Lou, the kiss you gave me when I went away, I promised to give back someday, to Lou, I gave my heart to my lady Lou to live on, just a little love, a little bit of love, to Lou, I owe a lot to Just received a letter telling me to hurry. Don't worry, to Lou. I'm going back to my lady Lou who's feeling blue. My train is leaving. Please don't sigh. I've got to say goodbye and go back from you to A little bit of love to Lou, I owe a lot to. Just received a letter telling me to hurry, don't worry to Lou. I'm going back to my lady Lou who's feeling blue. My train is leaving, please don't sigh, I've got to say goodbye and go back from you to He recorded it as a member of the Peerless Quartet, but there you have Henry Burr's solo recording of To Lou on the Rex label number 5244. Rex records were produced in the U.S. between 1914 and 1917. I don't have a recording date for this record, but the Peerless Quartet recorded their version for Columbia in August of 1915, so I'm guessing it's around that time. Arthur Lang wrote the lyrics to To Lou. He also wrote the words to Virginia Lee, which we heard by Elmo Tanner with Jimmy Noon and his Apex Club Orchestra from Vocalion 1518, recorded in Chicago on July 1st, 1930. We started a tribute to Jeff Brennan with Helen Clark and Henry Burr with In the Valley of the Moon from Victor 17587, April 22nd, 1914. The pair also recorded it for Columbia two days earlier. And this In the Valley of the Moon is not to be confused with the 1933 In the Valley of the Moon, written by Joe Burke and Charlie Tobias. 
In Herman Kisco's birthday segment last week, I mentioned that he wrote a song called Gilbert the Filbert, the nut with a K. Unfortunately, I don't have a broadcast-quality copy of that record, but in looking for it, I came across a duo calling themselves the Two Filberts. And here they are to start off a Dixie segment. Sugar to make us sweeter. 
He says, what's next? And I says, put in a little lemon now to make a sour. Now, what next? And I says, pour out brimful to give a power. Yeah, yeah. won't run just let me tell you what a henry done she left louisville about a half past one. Oh, she got into nashville after setting up the sun on the dixie on the dixie be line gonna rise and shine gonna stir up the time gonna rise and shine gonna keep up the time when i riding that henry of mine now Henry Ford wants the muscle shoals to bring to the people of the South pure gold. Let him have it, says, oh my Lord, we'll all ride to heaven in the Henry Ford. On the Dixie, on the Dixie Bee line, gonna rise and shine, gonna stay up the time, gonna rise and shine, gonna keep up the time when I riding that Henry of mine. Had another car, but you treated me mean. Took all my money for to buy gasoline. I may be wrong, but this I know that a mule can't travel where Henry will go. On the Dixie, on the Dixie line, gonna rise and shine, gonna stay up the time, gonna rise and shine, gonna keep up the time when I ride in that Henry of mine. Went to the mountains for to get some booze. Henry Ford car was the one I choose. The officers got after me, I say, but I pulled the wide open and I made my getaway. On the Dixie, on the Dixie Bee line, gonna rise and shine, gonna stay up the time, gonna rise and shine, gonna keep up the time when they're riding that Henry on mine. Now everybody knows that the Henry Ford car, everybody knows they're the best they are. You want to take a ride, just get in the Ford, and such another time, says, oh my lord. On the Dixie, on the Dixie line, gonna rise and shine, gonna stay up the time, gonna rise and shine, gonna keep up the time, when I ride in that Henry of mine.
the Van Epps Trio, Fred Van Epps, banjo, Nathan Glantz on sax, and Frank E. Banta on the 88s, with all three on the Dixie Highway on December 20, 1916. Take 3 was issued on Victor 18226 and On the Dixie Highway was written by Leo Friedman. Before that, Vernon Dahlhart was on the Dixie B line. On the Dixie B line was written by Uncle Dave Macon, which accounts for the reference to Uncle Dave in the intro. He recorded the song on April 14, 1926 with Sam McGee, but we heard Dahlhart's recording of it for Columbia on August 6th issued as catalog number 15092-D, with the title as On That Dixie B Line. Dahlhart also recorded it for Victor in December. Now, the Dixie B Line might sound like a railroad line, but as you can tell from the references to Henry Ford, it was in fact one of them newfangled auto trails, the beginning of the interstate highway system. It connected Chicago with Nashville and was called the Dixie Bee Line because it made a bee line for Dixie following a nearly straight path to Nashville where it connected with another auto trail called the Florida Short Route. We started with the two Filberts with Hurry Along Down in Dear Old Dixie, written by Andrew Allen. That's from Jumbo Record number 1299 recorded in October of 1915. The Jumbo label was set up in Britain as a subsidiary of the Italian company Phonotipia. It was acquired in 1917 by the Columbia Graphophone Company, and the following year the label was renamed Venus Records. I searched for a long time and was just about to give up when I found that the two Filberts were actually Harry Cove and Will Thompson. They also recorded as Hayes and Croft and Robbins and White. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) 